And that's how to start a party off with the bang. Do that by playing Anthrax from their For All Kings album. That is You Gotta Believe, sung by our brother Joey Belladonna, who is from the Iroquois Nation of upstate New York. So let's go ahead and get into our tribute to Bob Kulik, who passed, unfortunately, on Thursday, May 28th, at the age of 70. Now, um, if the name Kulik sounds familiar, well, that's because it is familiar. His younger brother, Bruce, he was a member of KISS, an actual full-fledged member. He was the lead guitarist who took the place of Mark St. John, who unfortunately had a health problem and could not play anymore. And uh, throughout the 80s, Bruce Kulik um, held the lead guitar duties and did a great job on some of their later albums there and a lot of their success after they had taken off all the makeup. So, you know, the name Kulik kind of goes hand in hand with Kiss, but Bob is the first one to come in contact with those guys from Kiss back when they were auditioning guitarists, which ultimately they hired Ace, but it could have been Bob had it been not for probably a few things. Now, the story is different from all four members. Some of them say he didn't have the look. Some of them just say he wasn't quite the right fit. I don't really know what that means if you don't elaborate, but you know, that's what they're saying. However, the one common denominator that they all said was that his playing was incredible, and it, it was. You listen to all his work on albums, on music that he's uh, recorded, it is incredible. That part is true. But as mentioned, um, they were very vague on the other reasons why he was not chosen to play lead guitar full-time in KISS. However, um, to give you a little bit of rundown of this guy's career, and this isn't everything he played, but it's a majority of the more famous stuff that he played. He played in a band called Random Blues Band in 1966, a band called Hookfoot back in 72, Michael Windroff and from 74 to 78, uh, in between there in 1975 on the album Coney Island Baby, he played with uh, Lou Reed. And then of course, right dead center in the mid 70s, he played with Kiss as a ghost musician. Now, a ghost musician, what you're, you're probably asking, what is that? Well, sort of like a ghost writer who writes speeches and different things for people who ask them to and then generally don't take the credit or don't are not awarded the credit uh, the the credit goes to somebody else or some other author a ghost musician is basically a studio musician who is brought in because it's known that they can handle the part first and foremost they won't give any trouble to the musicians that they're that are asking him or her to come in and also that they'll keep their mouth shut now, in all honesty, um, I don't know why he chose to keep his mouth shut. I guess he was really good friends with them. I do know that he kept in uh, he kept in contact pretty close with Paul Stanley, even after he was told he was not going to get the gig for lead guitar player in Kiss back in the early '70s, which was, like I mentioned, ultimately awarded to Ace Freely. Who, you know, by the way, in case you want some uh, trivia here, his given name is Paul, Paul Freely. But, you know, since they didn't want two Pauls in the band, he said, hey, call me Ace. <laughs> you know, kind of how Ace does. But um, anyway, um, he didn't get the gig, but he stayed in contact with them. And so, of course, part of his reward was that when they needed 
someone to come in and cover the lead guitar parts in the studio, well, they obviously gave him a call first, but you know, it's just amazing to me that he was able to go in there. They asked him to emulate Ace. That's, you know, there's a there's a lot of aspects about asking a musician to emulate somebody else. First of all, Ace Frehley is a self-taught musician. There's a lot of things that he does on the guitar that really only sound like him when he's playing it. You know, a, a lot of people can copy other musicians, but there's things like these different bends and whatnot that generally only Ace can do. But this guy came in there and did a great job. Uh, I'll go down the list here of what he did for Kiss that he kept secret for so many years. The first one being is the studio tracks on side four of Alive 2. Um, yeah, they ran. They basically recorded Kiss Alive 2 with only the, the uh, remain... Okay... Let me backtrack just a little bit. I'm sounding a little bit stumbly here. I apologize for that. But the first album, the first Alive album, was all the material from the first three albums, which was Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, and Dress to Kill. Okay? And then the rest of it was from Destroyer, Love Gun, and Rock and Roll Over. Not necessarily in that order, but just those three albums. And they did not want to... Uh, repeat any material from the first three albums so in order to do this they had to I guess kinda emulate a concert somehow and then uh, after they filled three sides because back then this was vinyl some of y'all folks weren't around when vinyl was really the main source of medium for music but for side four there were several studio tracks that they included on there and I don't know if this was part of their record company obligation or what but one of those songs on there was a, a song called Rocket Ride and Ace wrote that and he did play on it and record it and sing it and the rest of those studio tracks were done by Bob Kulik you know as a ghost musician so um, first of all let me let me go ahead and go back go down further on some of the music that he played since this is a tribute to Bob Kulik he also played with a band called Balance. He played uh, in the live band of Meatloaf and had a lot of success with Meatloaf. And Meatloaf really, you know, uh, a few days ago really came out and said some nice things about Bob Kulik and his playing and what he meant to his Bad Out of Hell tour and whatnot. I thought that was really nice uh, coming from a legend like Meatloaf. He also played with Michael Bolton, the band Wasp, you know, Blackie Lawless. Uh, back in 1992 and 1995. Kind of hard to believe, but um, he also played with Diana Ross, uh, Tipper, Tim Ripper, oh, not Tipper, Tim Ripper Owens. He did some solo stuff, which I'm going to play on this tribute tonight. And he also played on some tribute albums. So there's kind of a rundown of what Bob Kulik did. But if you're kind of wondering why I chose uh, to do a tribute to Bob Kulik, well, his importance to music is, you know, kind of uh, unsurpassed because he kind of saved the day. You know, they needed those studio tracks on Alive 2 Side 4 recorded and Ace couldn't do it. So, you know, Bob kind of saved the day. One of those kind of people who took one for the team and kept his mouth shut. You know, I think I also failed to mention a little bit of personal stuff on Bob Kulik. He was born Robert J. Kulik on January 16th, 1950, 
and he died obviously last Thursday, May 28th, at the age of 70. He was born in Brooklyn, New York, so he hails from that part of the country, the same part that Kiss comes from. But, you know, I don't want to pinpoint the fact that he did some ghost musician, um, some ghost recording, I'm sorry, uh, ghost recording for one of the most famous bands in the world, but it's kind of a uh, an interesting part of his life because, you know, the, a lot more of his credits are really fascinating as well, especially since he played with Meatloaf, Michael Bolton, and Diana Ross. You know, that's kind of a uh, an eclectic mix of musicians to play for right there, but, you know, he really did uh, do a great thing by playing those songs for Kiss Alive 2. So, I'm just going to give you a little slight rundown of what we're going to play to pay this tribute to Bob Kulik. He actually wrote and recorded um, a song for SpongeBob SquarePants, if you can believe it. Um, I think it's the episode called Band Geeks, and you know the conductor is actually worried that they're not going to sound good or something, and then you know he's sweating. Of course, you got to remember if you're not familiar with SpongeBob, which I'm no expert, but I just know that the cartoon characters are underwater, and you know it's it's really funny as hell. But you know I'll, I'll let, check it out if you're not familiar with SpongeBob. You've been under a rock if you if you're not. I don't watch it a lot, but I know who it is. But it was I just found it kind of fascinating that he uh, wrote and recorded this song called Sweet Victory, and he did it with David Glenn Isley, who. If you're an 80s metal fan, you'll know that David Glenn Isley sang with the band Jafria, among others, but you know, he's got a really great rock and roll voice, as you will hear when I play this. So we'll start the tribute off with that. We're going to do some stuff from Kiss Alive 2, uh, three of those studio tracks that Bob played on, as well as some of the stuff that he played on with Paul Stanley's solo album. If you're not familiar with the Kiss solo albums, they all four did solo albums uh, in the late 70s, and this was kind of just like a break from each other. They could do what they want creatively and then come back and then see who sold the most. I don't know if it was truly a contest. Of course, with those four guys, it always was. We'll also play some stuff from the album Unmasked, uh, Kiss Killers, and his solo album, which was called Skeletons in the Closet. And we'll round it out with another version of Sweet Victory from the SpongeBob SquarePants. This is the long version of the song Sweet Victory. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I know this might seem kind of like a strange theme to put on uh, the power chord here, but I, I felt it was pretty important for everyone to know who Bob Kulik was. He, he was a great one. He was one of those who didn't mind sitting in the back, I mean standing in the back, playing so that others can look great. And you know, he did a great job on his solo album as well. I, I've listened to it a lot and it's great. It's great guitar work, uh, really good songs that he wrote. And he was a great producer. And you know, obviously, you know, what got him famous was his guitar skills. But uh, he was also a, a great songwriter too, as you'll hear on these uh, two versions of Sweet Victory. So. Let's go ahead and start our tribute to Bob Kulik, who unfortunately passed away on Thursday, May 28th. This version of Sweet Victory is from the Band Geeks episode of SpongeBob. So if you've seen that episode, enjoy this. This is for you, Bob. Appreciate it. It's great. Love you and miss you. Gonna miss your work. So remember, we are indigenous and independent. Let's go ahead and pay tribute to Bob Kulik. I am pressing play now.